0: Welcome to High-End Client Acquisition Podcast. My name is Marion, I'm your host, and this show is here to teach you how to attract your dream clients on autopilot in 30 days or less. Each week, I bring you a guest or a strategy that can help you take your business to the next level. Don't forget, you can always get the episodes in your inbox or messenger at clientacquisitionpodcast.com. Matt, so first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today, man. I've been listening for, I don't know, probably at least a year to you guys' podcast. And um, I don't know, I have all just great things to say about it. Uh, I also (laughs) end up purchasing uh, a lot of your products. So I'm super excited about this episode. I know you guys do a lot around the podcasting world and a lot of different things that you actually do that really separates you guys from what other podcasts are about what other podcasters do. So thanks for being here.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. And, you know, thanks for, for all the support and listening to the show. And I, I can't wait to, to dig into what we're going to talk about today. I'm, I'm excited. Sure, man. So first of all,
0: if you can, like, I remember, I don't know exactly for how long uh, you guys been partners, you and Joe, but if you can go back and let me know, how did you guys even got started in, into working together before mm-hmm. even the podcast was around?
1: Sure. Yes. Yeah. So, so podcast, so, okay, so Joe and I actually worked together at uh, my my family shutter company. So we had a window covering shutter company. Um, my, my parents owned it. I was the the sort of general manager, operations manager of the company. And we actually hired Joe in that company to be kind of like a, a customer service person up in the, the front office of the company. And so I, I kind of knew Joe through some, some friends. He was kind of an acquaintance of mine. We didn't really know each other that well, but I knew of him through some friends. And um, we actually both played in bands at the time. I was a guitar player in a band. He was a guitar player in a band. And that's we sort of ran in similar circles because we were in this band together. And when uh, the, the family shutter company was looking for someone to, to sort of run the office to be the, the sort of office manager, I knew of Joe. And so he was kind of one of the first suggestions. I said, this guy's a good guy. Let's bring him in. And he'd probably be a good office manager. And so that was, I don't know, that was probably roughly 2004, 2005, somewhere around there and we started working at this company together and then i don't know somewhere around 2007 ish. Uh, we started. Uh, we we both read the Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. We both read it around the same time. I think I picked it up first, and then went and told Joe, "Dude, you got to read this book. This book's really great." Um, and that sort of got us excited about some sort of entrepreneurial path. We started digging into Tim Ferriss and what he had done, and he had the this this massive blog. And we went, "Cool, this blog thing sounds cool. Let's start. Let's start a blog like what Tim Ferriss did." So Joe. And I actually started in just kind of our free time outside of office hours, working on this blog around personal finance. And so we we did that blog for uh, a, a maybe like a year or so, and it actually started to pick up some traction. We started to make you know a hundred bucks a month here and there from that blog. So we said, let's duplicate this. Let's make a second blog. And so we created a blog in the the health niche. And that one actually started to do really well. That one actually did better than the personal finance blog. And so we kind of started to see, wow, there's something to this. Then we created a blog on gardening, just another random niche that we thought maybe we can make some money in. And that one actually completely bombed. I don't know if we ever made a penny on that one, but that sort of got us going down this rabbit hole of creating content, creating audiences that would view this content and then monetizing those audiences. And that's really kind of been our game plan ever since. I mean, the business has evolved quite a bit, but from the very beginning, it was all about create content to attract audiences. Once we have an audience, then we can monetize that audience either through advertising on the site, through affiliate offers, or through creating our own courses or services. And so everything we've done since then has sort of been in that same vein. We've just tested a lot since then. So then the podcast itself started in 2000 Joe and I started a podcast called Evergreen Wisdom. We had both quit our jobs a year earlier. Both of us left this sort of corporate world in 2009, and in 2010, we decided, let's let's start a, a podcast. The, the hmm. podcasting world was very, very new. Pat Flynn had a podcast. Tim Ferriss didn't even have his podcast yet. Back in those days, the only the only podcaster I can think of that comes to mind was Pat Flynn was around at the time, and I think Joe Rogan might've been around at the time. But beyond that, nobody's really talking about podcasting yet, so that's when we actually started the show and the show lasted maybe 15 episodes or something and then we actually really really struggled to figure out how to monetize it figure out how to consistently come up with a new ideas for the show consistently get good guests on the show uh, we just really struggled with it so we kind of phased it out and it wasn't actually until 2015 that we revisited the podcast started up doing interviews again and uh here we are five years later still pretty heavy in the podcast space.
0: love it, man, so it's it's a great, you know, history, like almost, what, 15, 16 years altogether?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, if you include the time we worked together at the Shutter Company, it's been, yeah, about 15 years now, probably.
0: So what I try to understand, like when you, so five years ago, you guys rebranded it into Evergreen Profits, right? Mm, sort of, that- so in
1: 2013, uh, I mean, the, the story is kind of, you know, there, there's a whole bunch of weird stuff where I split off and ran some businesses without Joe, and he split off and ran some businesses without me, and then we'd come together and run a business together for a little while, and then we'd split up again and do our own things. We've always kind of been like internet marketing, opportunists, right? Like we would just kind yeah. of test new things that came along all the time. So we actually created Evergreen Profits as a company. We actually formed a, an actual partnership legally and, and all in 2013. That's when Evergreen Profits started. And in 2013, we were actually starting it up as an agency. We were we were doing content. Mar- it was pretty much an anything anybody wanted kind of agency. If you wanted us to build landing pages, we'd do it for you. If you wanted us to help you with your ads, we'd do it for you. If you wanted us to help you with your, ads, you. You you with your content marketing, we would, you know, either write the content or hire content writers for you. So we kind of did everything back then when we first started the podcast that started in 2015 uh, when that when the show started it was actually just me interviewing people and it was called the authority insider podcast and it was I would bring on guests and I would do interviews very similar to the interviews we do now although I was probably a lot more uncomfortable and awkward during it <laughs> but uh, very similar to the interviews we do now they were just kind of one-to-one and then in 2017 I said hey Joe I think this podcast would be so much better if I had a co-host why don't you come and join me and let's have fun conversations with all these cool people together. So in 2017, he came and joined me, but I wanted to rebrand it from Authority Insider because back when I was doing that podcast, the the focus of the show was purely brand building and building authority and just kind of trying to become like an influencer. So that was sort of the theme of every episode. And when Joe came on board, we wanted to talk about more diverse topics. We wanted to talk about, you know, Facebook advertising, and we wanted to talk about mindset. And we wanted to talk about just, you know, any sort of random topic that we wanted to talk about with people. So we kind of rebranded it to the Hustle & Flowchart podcast because it was a little more vague and it sort of opened the doors for us to be able to chat about anything we wanted.
0: Got it, okay, so that's really powerful, especially, and uh, I'm pretty sure not just to me personally, but I literally, I asked in a Facebook group recently this question, right? Because my my podcast, it's, it's mainly, you know, it's really, f- focused on teaching and even interviewing other people on how to get more clients depending you know on the platform like for example some of the questions that i had uh, i set aside for you were related to how you can get customers from a podcasting standpoint but now that you said that uh, (laughs) it's really interesting like how and how well was that perceived from an audience standpoint like for example do you think you would do the same thing if you're podcast was right this moment 2020 we're in February uh, at the time of recording this show and let's say at this point the podcast was still called the authority insider would mm-hmm. you still rebrand it into something broader or you'd wait until you'd have a big enough audience to maybe ask them survey them and, and all that
1: uh, you know, I, it, it's hard to say. I'm not. I'm not really sure what 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 path I would have taken if it was still kind of that that old show. I would say that my guess is I probably would have rebranded it by now because back then I was very very focused on teaching authority building and branding and just sort of trying to raise awareness around personal brands and things like that. And if I was still doing that today, five years later, I probably would have been sort of burnt out on the topic and wanted to to shift focus. Now, whether or not I actually changed the name of the podcast, I don't know. I may have still called it the Authority Insider Podcast and just kind of taken it wherever I wanted anyway. But because I brought in a co-host and because the format changed a little bit, it was two people interviewing one person and we had some different topics. It just sort of made sense to rebrand at that time. But if it was just me still doing the interviews five years later, it'd probably still have the same name to be honest, but I probably would have changed the direction of things we talked about kind of like one of my friends uh, Jordan Harbinger he's got a show called the art uh, or he had a show called the art of charm he's not the host of it anymore but the beginning that show was literally about you know sort of being a pickup artist and sort of how to get over your introversion if you were like a shy person, networking, how to connect with people, things like that. But over time, even though it was still called The Art of Charm, he started talking about things like business strategies and he started interviewing, you know, famous athletes and musicians and actors while still keeping the same brand name. So if I had Authority Insider five years later and that brand sort of had brand equity built into it and people knew the name, I'd probably keep it that name i probably would just you know shift into talking about whatever topics i wanted to (laughs)
0: got it okay yeah because i was i was always wondering like when you do a change like that and you go broader are people was it a specific plan from a marketing standpoint thinking that hey we are going to build this community and then we plan to put together different courses and different services or was just was just related to the podcast saying like hey we want to make it more conversational And we want to approach different guests that you could have probably approached if you would have just gone by that direction first or
1: yeah I would say I would say some elements were, were pretty methodical and some elements weren't that methodical. Um so the the direction we took this show in about, you know, me and Joe sort of co-hosting the show and wanting to take it in more directions. We were very methodical about that. I knew that if Joe was part of this podcast, Joe was way more connected in the sort of marketing, I don't know what you want to call it, that the sort of well known marketer world among the, the sort of of marketing guru types he knew a lot more of those people than I did I've always kind of been a lone wolf where I just kind of uh, put my head down and just did work and would build landing pages and would drive ads and I, I kind of didn't do a lot of the networking thing and didn't really know a lot of people Joe was very 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 well connected so there was a very methodical element to it in that sense that bringing Joe on I knew it would open the doors to having you know much bigger better guests on than than what I was getting. Prior, just because he knew more people, uh, where we weren't that methodical was when we started the show and we transitioned from Authority Insider to the Hustle and Flowchart Show. I, we weren't super methodical about okay, we're gonna we're gonna create this show and we're gonna monetize it with a newsletter and we're going to sell courses on the back end and we're gonna do all of these things. None of that was actually initially planned from day one. From day one, when we started the this podcast together and we kind of co-hosted the podcast, the goal was always uh, pure purely network and purely kind of getting free education from people. When we started this podcast, we kind of went, wow, we can we can sort of get on anybody's radar by inviting them to this podcast and we can actually ask them questions around things that we're struggling with in our business. And that was really the reasons that we decided to kind of go in together on this podcast was just to have a sort of systematic way to grow our network and have a systematic way of constantly getting fed new advice from some of these really smart entrepreneurs. So that was that was the, the original reason for starting it. It wasn't until about a year into the podcast maybe early 2018 where we decided you know what this thing has got quite a bit of traction we're getting a lot of downloads this is like the biggest show we've ever done let's let's actually start to figure out some ways to generate some more money off of this thing. And in the beginning, all we were doing was throughout episodes, we would mention affiliate products. We would link them in the show notes. Every once in a while, people would go, you know, purchase through the affiliate links, but we couldn't really track it. We didn't really know how effective it was. We were just kind of, you know, blurting them out on the show and hopefully people would buy some stuff. And so it was a it was a very sort of slow progression where we got more and more and more systematic about it. And we started to figure out what worked over time. And then, you know, as you figure out what works and what doesn't work, you kind of phase out the stuff that doesn't and lean into the stuff that does. And for us, the stuff that really did was the affiliate marketing started to pick up. Uh, We launched this concept of the, the newsletter on the back of this podcast that started to do really well. And then we also had a lot of people coming to us, asking us to make courses and service and and offer services and things like that, that we would talk about on the podcast, you know, over time, we just kind of started adding all of that in as revenue drivers from the podcast. Now in retrospect, some of that stuff I wouldn't do again. We definitely wouldn't do agency services again. And knowing what we know now, I don't even think we would sell courses anymore. Um, We would probably just fully lean into the affiliate marketing stuff and the newsletter stuff, which is what we're doing today. Had we have done that, a year and a half, two years ago, we were probably actually be in a much better position than we are today. Uh, because one of the biggest issues with the podcast was just that focus. You know, where do we drive people to? We, if you're trying to drive them to too many different places, you're sort of diluting that attention among too many different things, and none of them really pan out that well. Wow. Yeah,
0: I mean that makes a lot of sense. But also at the same time, it makes me wonder why do you think you lean more into the affiliate offers?
1: versus selling your own courses. Like what what is the main reason for that, dude? So the main reason for us was really just analyzing our numbers and looking at the eighty twenty of what generates our income. So we actually, we did this exercise back at the very end of 2017, where uh, Joe and I had a meeting. We went through all of our numbers, all of our sales numbers, all of our traffic numbers, all of our lead generation numbers. We just, we looked at everything. We put them all out on the table and we, when we looked at it, we went, wow, the affiliate marketing stuff that we're doing is outperforming, selling our own courses, three to one. You know, we're making three times as much money off of affiliate offers than selling our own courses. And then we looked at the sort of time spent in our business business? Where was this time spent? Well, the time was spent creating online course content for our, our customers inside of our courses. It was spent emailing back and forth with customers for customer support type things, uh, handling the tech for various members areas. And so when we looked at where all of our time was going, our time was going towards servicing these courses and serving some of these like agency clients. But where all of our money was coming from was from the affiliate promotions. So that was really the biggest catalyst for us to go, okay, we should really kind of focus in on the affiliate stuff and maybe start to phase out the core stuff. And we did that in 2017, but what ended up happening was, you know, just like most entrepreneurs, we kind of got some shiny object syndrome. We saw we saw dollar signs when people kind of, kind of put opportunities in front of us and we had people coming to us going, "You guys should really release a course on traffic. You guys should really release a course on affiliate marketing. Oh, you guys should this the, the stuff that you teach in your course on traffic, you should offer that as a done for you because if you offer that as a done for you, you know, you can make even more money with with this knowledge that you have." And so so throughout 2018, we actually started to stack more stuff on our our plate. And then just two months ago, at the very beginning of, or at the very end of 2019, we did the exact same thing. We ran all of our numbers again, analyzed everything that we were doing. And when we looked at the numbers, same results that we saw two years earlier. All of our revenue was coming from the affiliate marketing stuff. All of our time and focus was going towards the info products and agency stuff that we'd added into the mix. So January 2020, our first decision was: all right, let's start phasing out these courses. Let's you know, let's take the advice that we gave ourselves two years earlier, but didn't follow through with. And so that's kind of back to where we are today. Is we're we're still actually selling the courses. They, 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 you can still access them. They're still available on. on our website, Um, they are still for sale, we're just not actively out there driving advertising into it. We're not actively out there emailing our list about these courses all the time. We're not creating content on our blog to promote these things. And we're not really talking about it that much on the podcast anymore. All of this various ways we're sort of pointing attention to these courses, we've turned that off. Now people could still discover the courses. They could still go to our blog and click on the, you know, the resources link at the top and find access to our courses. And we're still going to support the courses and make sure that anybody who buys them gets the results they're hoping for out of them it's just the, a shift in focus we've really just shifted all of our focus into let's let's hone in on the affiliate marketing stuff and let's hone in on our our newsletter that makes a lot of sense Yeah, I mean
0: numbers don't lie and it's it's interesting that you guys actually did that and you realize like hey we're spending too much money here or we're spending too much time here where on the other side uh, the things that are making us money were actually not and you know, it's it's funny that, well, not necessarily funny, but it's good that you realize that ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So what would you think, like, can you share what's the, the, the main affiliate product that you guys
1: promote? It's, um, you know, it's pretty diversified now. So it, uh, early on, let's say two years ago, we were promoting a tool called Thrivecart pretty heavily. And that was our largest revenue driver for a long, long, long time. And it was doing really, really well. Um, We at one point sales started to drop off a little bit more affiliates started promoting it so there was you know when it came to advertising there was competition and other people were promoting it so it actually got harder to promote and we actually sort of learned to a lesson of like, if we're going to go all in on this affiliate stuff, be diversified with it, promote a lot of products. And so that's really what we've done. And now we're we're sort of spread across seven or eight products that we promote pretty consistently. Um, Thrivecart still being one of them. Uh, Convertbox, which is an opt-in tool that we promote pretty heavily. Designer, which is a, a content repurposing tool. Lately, we've been talking a lot about a tool called Videos, which is a tool to make simple animated videos or, or, or to, to make animated videos a lot easier, Th- there's a handful that we're promoting. Easy Webinar is another one. I mean, it, it probably doesn't make sense to, to list them all off because we're really probably yeah. promoting like 20 or 30, but there's, you know, six or seven that we promote pretty heavily and put a little bit extra focus into.
0: Got it. So when you say you promote them, are you talking about just promoting them on the podcast and then putting it in the show notes or you actively run traffic? You uh, put ads behind them, you write articles or you do videos on them? Is that mm-hmm. the full?
1: Yeah. So we do. We We do pretty much all of the above. So when we're promoting an affiliate product, we will usually talk about it on the podcast. Sometimes it's in our intro. Sometimes we'll just talk about it within the course of the discussion. But then we're also creating written content about them a lot of times. And we're creating video content about it We are driving ads to it. One of the things that we like to do is we like to segment our ads on Facebook. This might get into the weeds a little bit here, but we'll go into Facebook and based on what podcast episodes they've listened to, we'll put offers in front of them that are related to episodes they've listened to. So for example, if we recently had an episode we were talking about, webinar strategies. Anybody who listened to the episode around webinar strategies, we'll create an ad on Facebook and we'll retarget them to a video that we made about our favorite webinar soft, for example. Or if if we just had an episode about running Facebook ads, we might run an ad on Facebook to anybody who's listened to this recent episode about a Facebook ads training that we really like. So we'll actually use these episodes and what content they listen to as a sort of segmenting and filtering tool for our advertising strategy
0: got it so when you say uh you retarget people that listen an episode how do you like what do you what tool do you use to be able to track go listen to a specific episode or is that just embedded into the into the blog article and you retarget the actual written part or or what what's we could go as as tactical as, as you <laughs> can in here <laughs>
1: yeah Keep yeah up. so absolutely and and that's uh you know it, it, there, there's some new technology out there that we've been experimenting with so the 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 simplest way to do it is to embed your facebook pixel on the actual uh, show notes episode page so anybody who actually lands on your show notes page will then be pixeled and you can retarget anybody who's been to the show notes page that's the sort of lowest hanging fruit way to do it. but there's another tool that's out there called pod sites p-o-d-s-i-g-h-t-s like insights but pod sites uh, they actually have a, a pixel that you can put on your website And they will track who listened to your show no matter what platform they listen to it on. So if somebody listens on iTunes or Spotify or Overcast or doesn't matter, whatever platform they listen on, it's actually got a a sort of pixel kind of technology attached to your RSS feed. Anytime somebody plays an episode you can actually grab the mobile ad identifier and mobile ad identifiers are one of the things that Facebook allows you to use for retargeting. So I can actually download a list of anybody who's listened to any specific episode of my podcast, upload it into a Facebook custom audience and retarget those people. Now, the the kind of bummer about this Podsites tool is that when somebody listens to your episode, it doesn't automatically sort of create the list in Facebook for you. You have to log into Podsites, download, the the list of mobile ad identifiers, upload them into Facebook, create a custom audience and then target them. So it's sort of a a process that you kind of got to get in and update your your customer, you know, your retargeting list once a week or so. Um, but those are really the, the two ways to do it. Put it on your show notes page and install a, a script like PodSites that will actually track who's downloading your episodes and send you back the mobile ad identifiers. And there are more tools that are starting to pop up like this. Podcasting, as it grows and gets bigger and more and more people are talking about podcasting, we are seeing more sort of analytics tools and more up-to-date modern podcasting tracking tools. Another good one that you can look into is one called Smart Links by by Chartable. That's actually a free tool that now allows you to plug in your Facebook pixel ID into their app and it will actually track and allow you to retarget listens as well. Um, so those are all resources that you can use.
0: Awesome. So pot sites, for example, I'm just trying to understand the, Mm -hmm. the the tactical part of it. You, you grab like a little pixel and then you would you install it in where you have your RSS feed? Like for example, if I use Libsyn, Mm -hmm. you'll install it there to be able to track all the listens.
1: So you would contact Liz, Libsyn and you would have them install it for you. So they would not have to, okay. they would essentially add that code to your RSS feed for you.
0: Wow, but this is actually, so I didn't even know that you can do that. I always thought that, hey, you'll just embed the, the episode in, into an article and then, you know, you get it from there, but not a lot of people that listen would actually read it. So this is super, super powerful. All right, so would you think of this strategy, especially for affiliate uh, products, right? A lot of the audience listening to my show, are people in the coaching consulting people also using different landing page builders like lead pages or click funnels and things like that so mm-hmm. would you is like for example for a tool like that because uh, i know you guys were at least for a while you would promote some of these tools as well mm-hmm. um would you focus your attention especially for the cold audience to push it to an podcast episode, and then retarget with different uh, with different um, ads to to these offers. So are you saying?
1: Cold? Are you saying specifically with the, with uh, advertising? Correct. Yeah. So, for example, what's
0: the what's the piece of content that, that hits the cold audience for the first time? Is it the podcast episode?
1: Yeah. It would be it would be the podcast episode for the most part. So th- there's there's actually two ways that we're driving cold audiences into our podcast right now. So one is sort of the organic way. We we do our best to really really SEO our show notes pages. A lot of our guests we rank on page one for that guest name. And uh, we actually had a, a really, really, really good SEO person on our team for a while who dialed it all in for us, and then kind of showed us how to do it. And now we're we're um, we're, we're kind of rolling with the SEO now. So we do get a lot of search traffic on Google now, and that's that's sort of one way that cold audiences are driven into our podcast. The other way we're driving cold audiences into our podcast is we're targeting the fan bases of guests on our show so for example uh we recently had james altucher on our show well james altucher i'm i can actually target his fans on facebook he's one of the available targets for me to to put ads in front of so we will run ads to the fans of james altucher and tell them about our latest podcast episode with james so we will do that if we have a guest on the show who is also an available ad target on Facebook? So we've got that going right now with uh, James Altucher. We've got that going with Mike Dillard, with David Allen, with Roland Frazier, Ryan Dice, Marshall Silver, Perry Marshall. We've got we've got like twenty or thirty episodes where the guest themselves was a target that we can actually go after on Facebook. So we so a lot of our cold targeting is based around that initial guest to get them to listen to that episode and then that sort of brings them into our ecosystem and then we do the rest of the retargeting from
0: that got it okay so that makes yeah that makes sense now when you promote these episodes where do you actually send all the traffic is it to the blog article where the episode is embedded or you would send it based on the platform so you know like on facebook you can target iphone users or ios Mm -hmm. users versus android and then send them to spotify or itunes
1: right yeah I've experimented with a lot of different things. I've, I've, I was kind of curious if I drive them straight to iTunes, what kind of results do I get? Yeah. If I drive them straight to the show notes page, what kind of results do I get? Um, and so what I've actually been doing lately is that that smart links tool, which was made by a company called Chartable. I, I mentioned it a couple minutes ago. They've actually yeah. got a function inside of their tool where you can redirect the listener based on what device they're on. So mm. if I email our list, for example, to a latest episode and somebody opens that email on their iPhone, when they click the link, it's actually going to open our podcast in iTunes. If they open it on an Android phone and they click that same link, it's actually going to open it in Google Podcasts. And if they're on a desktop and they click that link, it's actually going to open up our show notes page. So we've actually been experimenting a lot with using these smart links to dynamically change where we're sending people based on the device that they initially clicked over from. And uh, that, that's that been working well. Um, to be honest, I don't really know how valuable it's been. I don't really feel like I'm getting any extra value out of sending them straight to these podcast platforms versus sending them straight to our website. So, you know, in full transparency, we'll likely just start driving them straight to our show notes page again.
0: Yeah. Well, talking about tactical stuff now, you're really sharing some some golden nuggets in here. But yeah, I'm super pumped to actually test these. I did. I I, I kind of did uh, a similar strategy but I did it on YouTube mm-hmm. where I interviewed a couple uh, people like Pat Flynn and Dan Lok and then I ran those mm-hmm. um, YouTube videos on on their own channels so it was some there were some great results but I when I did it with the podcast I did it a couple of times on swipe ups and then also some regular kind of I think the call to action was actually listen to the episode mm. or something like that yeah I, we, we did,
1: go ahead sorry didn't mean
0: to interrupt no you. no i, I just i uh, uh, meant to say that i i couldn't really say that it, it was some great results that i had with it so that's why i was curious like how do you hack that stuff but now like right. the pot size thing it's awesome and smart as well but yeah I'm, I'm pumped to to try it out again now
1: <laughs> yeah with we, we've experimented with instagram with with instagram's probably been our least successful experiment when we've tried to grow the podcast off of instagram it has Hasn't really had much effectiveness. Uh, one thing about Instagram is Instagram's great for branding and raising awareness, but it's mm-hmm. it's very 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 difficult to get people to click off of Instagram. Yeah. So right now we purely use Instagram as a as a branding platform just to raise awareness. We've experimented a little bit with trying to drive traffic from YouTube to our podcast. Hasn't been super effective. However, we actually just had a meeting with a, a real YouTube expert, really, really smart guy, just last week, who mapped out a whole new game plan for us to test. So um, once we test that, we'll be sharing the results. But uh, YouTube is going to be sort of our next frontier that we're going to be testing to grow the podcast. Got it? Yeah, so I'm excited.
0: Maybe I'll have you <laughs> on another on another episode in a couple months to share that if if it worked or not. Yeah. Cool. What? Well, like, what's your favorite out of all the? strategies and tactics that you guys used to grow the podcast? Like what did you, did you try, I don't know, maybe it was is the SEO the best out of all the paid strategies, for example, because I know, you know, we may say, hey, SEO, it's free, but you also have either somebody that do it for you. So you have to pay that person or the time that you put in. So at hmm. the end of the day, it wouldn't necessarily be free, right. but is it, is that your favorite way to do it? Have you promoted maybe on other shows or like, what?
1: I mean, quite honestly, because, I would say the most effective way to grow the show and probably the way that we enjoy the most is literally just going on podcasts, shows just like this we love to get on we love to talk about what's working for us we love to you know talk about podcasting and that usually attracts more people over to our podcast as well so really that's probably if i had to say what my favorite way is i i would probably say just having great conversations like this one on podcasts got it okay so yeah that makes sense
0: in terms of deciding because i know with you guys was probably a little bit different because you were you were already promoting affiliate products before you had the podcast, correct?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, we've, didn't, we've been doing podcasting off and on since 2010, so they kind of were always kind of simultaneous, but we have had phases where we didn't have a podcast, but we were still running a lot of traffic to affiliate offers. So, you know, we, we've had phases where the podcast was a big factor and then phases where the podcast wasn't a factor at all.
0: Got it. Okay. So, if it would be for you to start right now a brand new show, your focus would be, let's assume, promoting an affiliate offer. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter if it's a landing page tool, if whatever it is. What would be your way to drive the most traffic to that? Was it, I mean, would it be focusing on growing the podcast so you get the audience and then promote the affiliate offers or start straight with paid ads and run ads to the affiliate promotion?
1: Yeah. So if I was starting a podcast right now, and the the sole intention of that podcast was to promote an affiliate offer, I would actually create a podcast around that product. And this is actually something that Joe and I are about to do. It's kind of on our roadmap of things to, to, to play around with. But Let's say, for example, uh, ClickFunnels, let's say we wanted mm-hmm. to create a podcast and promote ClickFunnels. We would actually create a podcast and we'd probably call it like the landing page pros podcast or something. I'd want to call it the ClickFunnels ninjas podcast or something, but ClickFunnels has sort of told us in the past that they don't like us using their name and various branding elements and things like that. So we actually used to have a domain called grabclickfunnels.com, and they actually told us to stop using that domain. We actually have a great relationship with ClickFunnels, but they didn't like us using their brand name in our, yeah. our um, you know, in, okay. inside our URL. So I probably wouldn't call it the ClickFunnels podcast or anything. I'd probably call it like the Landing Page Ninjas podcast or something like that. And then what I would do is I would map out probably 30 episodes. It would be, you know, 10 frequently asked questions about Click Funnels, 10 questions I wish people would ask about Click Funnels, and 10 cool tricks that you can do with Click Funnels that maybe you didn't know about it. And I would go and record all 30 of those episodes, probably spend a few days doing it and just record them all back to back to back, maybe 15 minutes each answering these FAQs, SAQs and cool tricks. And then I would release that podcast out into the world. I would get transcripts of every single episode, embed those transcripts below the episode on my show notes pages so that they would ideally SEO. And then I would start going on to various groups that talk about ClickFunnels and landing page builders and things like that and I would answer and my answers would always be sort of replying with an episode. So if somebody said, hey, I'm having this issue with ClickFunnels, how do I solve it? In my comments on that Facebook thread, I would say, oh, here's a great way to solve it. I'd probably sort of map it out. And then I'd say, if you want more details on how to do this, here's a link to our ClickFunnels podcast where we describe it even better. And that's probably what I would do if I was starting from scratch, trying to create a podcast with the sole intention of promoting an affiliate product.
0: Got it. No, that's a great idea because you focused a lot on the questions that people ask in the groups and then you know, record a podcast around that. So that really solves a problem for somebody. And um, it helps you get, you know, really quality traffic because if that person listens to it, obviously, because they, they love the fact that you help them, they're probably gonna end up
1: buying the right. the, the offer from, from you. No, so and that's- ideally, uh, ideally you own that keyword in itunes too so the goal with doing something like that would be if somebody goes into itunes goes to the search bar types in click funnels because I just want to find people talking about click funnels our podcast shows up everywhere that would be that'd be kind of ideally what would start to happen is we would own that keyword in itunes
0: oh yeah that's actually really smart so when you said that a lot of the guests that you guys have on the show you own The kind of the first page on google when people are searching for their name Mm -hmm. can you share some strategies around the seo tactics when when you apply that
1: yeah so i mean first we use so our entire blog is built on WordPress and we use a WordPress plugin called WordPress SEO by Yoast. It's probably the most common, most popular SEO plugin out there. So we install that. And then when we install that, it asks, you know, what's your focus keyword? And you type in the focus keyword. In our case, we usually type in the name of the guest that's on the show. And then it actually just gives you advice on how to optimize your SEO. So it'll say, make sure that you have a keyword in, in an H1 tag somewhere on the post. Make sure that you're off to something using the keyword, make sure you're actually, that's not a good example. They don't want, you're not supposed to link off using that keyword, you want that keyword to stay there. But you know, it, it basically, it'll give you a list of like 10 items that you can do to optimize for that keyword. It'll say, hey, make sure that you optimize your images and add in, in a title tag to your images. And you want to put your keyword in the title tag. It'll, it'll say, hey, don't forget to link off to other episodes. You don't want this to be an orphaned post. So make sure you link to relevant episodes. So we'll cross link episodes, but really all we're doing is we're installing that WordPress SEO plugin, we're plugging our guest name into the focus keyword, and then we're following the instructions that it tells us to do. It, it literally will tell you how to optimize the post for that keyword. It'll tell you which parts of the post to add that keyword to, what head, subheadlines to put it on, um, you know, how many more times to use that keyword to make sure that you've properly optimized for it. So that's sort of step one. And then step two is to be constantly cross pollinating your podcast episodes. So almost every time a new episode comes out, we're going into our WordPress blog. And uh, one of our our team members who runs our podcast for us, he's going into the the, uh, WordPress blog and he's looking through all of our past episodes going, okay, this new episode, what other episodes are sort of relevant to it? And then he's going and linking to the new episode from the old episode. And just that cross-linking that's happening on the site from new posts to old posts and old posts back to new posts and the, the the sort of spider web of links that we're building on our site. Between those two things, that's really kind of doing the trick. Just cross-link and then follow the instructions that WordPress SEO gives you. And then beyond that, you know, you, you can do you know, site speed optimizations and things like that, which is probably much more of a complex topic than, than we can get into right now. But you can go to a site called gtmetrics.com and plug in your URL. And it'll tell you how fast your site is loading and it'll actually give you all the reasons it's loading, you know, as slow as it is, it'll tell you, here's the various things you can optimize to improve your site's load time. And the more you can improve your site load time, the better you're going to do with your SEO. So, you know, those are, those are kind of the things we focus on. And I guess one more factor that I'll throw into is time on, on page is, is a big deal. Right. So if somebody searches up your podcast episode on Google and they click your link over to your website, but then immediately click away in Google's mind, Google thinks, "Okay, I didn't serve the most relevant thing that I could to this person. Right. So what you want to do is you want to try to get people to click away from Google and stay there. The longer you can get them to stay there, the more relevant it thinks Uh, Google thinks the result that just gave you is. So if they click over and they bounce off your site right away, Google thinks that wasn't relevant. And if that happens enough times, it's gonna start to de-rank you and you're gonna drop down the listings. If somebody clicks over to your site and they stay there a long time, and that happens more and more often, you're gonna start to see your, your ranking grow. So just kind of understanding what Google wants is really, really important. So, you know, try to think of mechanisms that you can do to keep people on your site longer. Um, You know, if if you can use videos, uh, keep them on your site with video. We have a podcast, so a lot of people come to our site, press play and might hang out for 30 minutes to an hour listening to a podcast. That looks really good in Google's eyes when somebody clicks on a result they gave them and then actually sticks around on that page.
0: Got it, no, that's really smart because then Google wouldn't be able to say, hey, they're not reading like if they just press play and then they hang around in the in the house but that podcast is actually playing and the pages it's there you actually get all the all the credit for that Yep, right yep
1: that's the goal yeah
0: that's smart so when you say that you optimize the show notes and the articles for the guest name i'm assuming most of those tactics that you shared uh SEO related, you focus on ranking the the guest's name. Right, um, yeah. Got it. Okay. Do you use any tricks like making sure that you have their face on the article uh, photo or the thumbnail make sure that it's all big and clear so when people click on it they know exactly that it's there
1: yeah I mean the the, the featured image for every episode always has a headshot of the guest the guest always one of the the intake questions that we ask when somebody uh, registers to be on our podcast is we ask them to send us a high quality headshot so we put their headshot inside of the featured image and then during the sort of SEO optimization process we're also using the you know, the title tags and the alt tags on the image to make sure that our guest's name is you know, attached to that image as well. And what that'll do is if somebody, you know, searches one of our guests name and then they click over to the images tab in Google, our podcast images often show up for the guest name pretty high up as well. I'm not totally sure how much of a benefit that has towards driving new podcast listeners, but it does have a, a sort of association effect, right? So when people search for somebody that's been on our show and then they see the image of our podcast with that person on it, they might not necessarily live listen to that podcast, but we've now just built an association in their mind that, you know, we are connected to that person. Now, the value of that, that's, you know, a very subjective conversation, but, um, you know, overall, I think it's it's beneficial to just show up more often than not.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I totally agree with that. No, but that, those are, some, <clears throat> sorry, some really um, killer strategies. So what I always like to do, because I know we are getting close to wrapping things up in here, I always like to, ask the guests on my show to give the audience a short-term action task and then a long-term. So for example, if somebody wants to launch their podcast right at this moment or in the near future, what is something that you recommend people do right at the end of this episode? So something super quick that they can do. It can be something as easy as get a domain or, I don't know, build a, a, a landing page to get people to sign up for your upcoming episodes or whatever it is. And then something that they can work on for the next year in order to grow their uh, their podcast
1: sure so for the the short term thing what i would suggest is go check out either anchor.fm or podcast.com and both of those sites are actually sites that will host your podcast for you 100 free so you can go on there you can record an audio file and you can upload it without any investment on your part. You don't have to spend any money. The only thing you've got to do is you've got to spend a little bit of time recording the audio. Now you can record your first audio just straight from your mobile phone, or you know, use a, a, a headset uh, linked up to your computer, or if you have a Blue Yeti microphone, it doesn't really matter. The key being that you re- you record an episode, maybe even record multiple episodes and put it on one of these free sites. And the reason I say go with one of these free ones first is figure out if you're going to stick with it because the biggest thing that we see in the podcast space is what us as an industry call pod fade where you create 15 20 shows and then you're maybe the shows are once a week and then the next thing you know the shows are once every other week and then there's a show once a month and then the show once every two months and then it's been a year since your last show right and that's that's what we call pod fade is people just kind of don't keep up with it so i highly recommend going to a free platform and seeing if you could stick with it for you know nine Ninety days. Let's say you're going to release an episode once a week, try to stick with it for 90 days, record your first episode today, throw it on one of those platforms and see if you can knock one out once a week for 90 days. If the podcast, if, if you decide to keep with it, if you're really enjoying it, you feel like, man, I can keep with this. Then at that time, go to that platform and migrate over to a little bit more of a premium podcast host. So you've got, you know, Libsyn is a great one. There's tons of podcast hosts migrated over to one of the premium hosts and then really at that point you know start focusing on all the, the sort of growth hacky type strategies to grow the show because the the last thing you want to do is go and create two or three episodes spend a bunch of money on hosting spend a bunch of money on advertising and marketing the podcast and get nine episodes in and this and then decide okay this isn't for me so that'd be the short term thing just go and create some audio content and upload it to a free host you can do it today you can do it right now and if you're very 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 un- comfortable doing that this is either a a chance to practice and start getting comfortable or be a realization that maybe a podcast path isn't the right path for you no so i love it that's what i'd say for the short term and and then you know for the for the long term let's say that you, you've kind of got your podcast and it's and it's kind of cranking along let's see what would be the, the number one thing that i would say I I, I have more
0: than one if if it's because it's long term, you know, like people can focus if it's more than six months to a year.
1: Right, right. So I would say, uh, you know, number one, what I mentioned earlier, try to get on other people's podcasts. You know, that, that'll get you kind of used to talking to other people. Um, it'll get you, you know, it'll get other people driving traffic to your show. Um, so that would be kind of the first thing that I would start with. Um, the second thing I would do is I would follow the SEO instructions that I just talked about. And this is kind of only after you've been doing this for a little bit and you've proven the concept and you've proven that you're, you're able to keep doing this. Then I would start putting some focus into SEO and um, building out a really, really nice WordPress blog where you're cross-linking the episodes between each other and doing all that kind of stuff. Only at that point would I really start to focus on some of the SEO items because number one is just figuring out if you're going to stick with them. And then from from a revenue standpoint, the lowest hanging fruit, the easiest way to start making money with a podcast, this is how we generated our first revenue, was through what we called mock sponsorships where we essentially found affiliate products that we wanted to get behind. And then on the show, we would say, this show is supported by, and then we would say the name of that company and, you know, we'd make like a a pretty link for it. So uh, one of our our first companies that we did this with was a company called Gen M, which is like an outsourcing company to to help you find interns. So we actually um, on our podcast, we said this show is supported by Gen M. Go to evergreenprofits.com slash Gen M to get, you know, $10 off your first month or, you know, whatever, whatever our affiliate link offered. And we did that for several months. And what ended up happening was Gen M the the founder of gen n contacted us and said you guys are actually doing pretty good as affiliates do like let's let's go further with this and so gen m actually upped our affiliate commissions they gave us a higher commission per sale and then they also started doing kind of legit sponsorships. They actually made it a a landing page just for our people to go to. Um, They actually put copy on the landing page that referenced our podcast. And so it actually kind of turned into a much more legit sponsorship relationship over time. But in the beginning, we were just affiliates and we were just calling it out saying this show is supported by this company. We weren't saying they sponsored us because they didn't technically sponsor us, but the income we were making off the affiliate revenue was supporting the show. So we were saying this show is supported by this company using our affiliate link and you hear that a lot with like audible too audible is a great affiliate program if you're especially for you know entrepreneurial type podcasts you could get on there and say hey Here's the book of the month. Everybody needs to go download, you know, Range by Epstein. Everybody needs to go download that book. Um, I highly recommend getting it on Audible. You can go to Audible and use the coupon code Hustle and you'll get your first month free, right? So those are those are what I would do to start generating revenue early on and sort of gauge the waters of how much traction and how much attention your audience is paying to what you say. Um, if if you you start doing this and, you know, you're not seeing any official commissions from any of these products that you've you've put out there then maybe go back to focusing on growing the show a little bit more first if you are getting good revenue from it well, go back to growing the show because that means you'll get more revenue from it.
0: <laughs> love it, yeah. No, that makes um, that makes a ton of sense. Well, then you um, you really killed it. Um, we we always like to get a little tactical in my show because you know people kind of understood the whole concept of the difference between the strategy and the tactical part of it. So I love that you went like so deep and, and gave us so uh, many different tools. And and we'll make sure to link up all the the links that you mentioned, like everything from pods to smart links and
1: everything else that you uh, that you mentioned.
0: Is it anything that um, maybe you wished
1: I would have asked and I haven't? I don't know. I think we covered quite a bit of ground. Um, I, I, you've definitely asked some questions that I've never been asked before or had to answer yet. <laughs> so um, we covered some good ground, I think.
0: <laughs> awesome, man. And if people want to find out more about uh, you guys, more about the show, where would you tell them to, uh, to go?
1: Yeah, so we actually set up a, a special link over at Hustle and Flowchart dot com slash Marion and at that link what you'll see is our uh, what we call our evergreen traffic playbook and it's it's all of the various traffic strategies that we use in our business but it's also a curated list of traffic strategies from all of our past guests who have talked about traffic so we have traffic strategies in there from Neil Patel and Justin Brooke and Mike Rhodes and you know anybody who's anybody in the the traffic space has shared some sort of tactical traffic strategies with us. And those are the strategies that we use to grow our podcast and to grow our affiliate marketing business. We sort of lay them all out in that book, what we do and what everybody else is doing. And that book's for sale on Amazon right now. But for listeners, of this podcast, we've actually made a free digital copy available over at hustle and slash Marion. Awesome. Well,
0: that feels really good. <laughs> so I'm pumped for this. We'll make sure we link it up in the, in the show note anywhere you guys are consuming this episode. Matt, again, thank you so much. Much for coming on the show today. He delivered some great some great value here. Everybody's appreciating what, what he shared with us. So we'll probably reach out again in a couple of months to to hear the latest things that you guys experienced. And maybe next time I'll have both of you on the same episode.
1: Yeah, that'd be fun. Let's do it. I, I had a good time and looking forward to doing it again. Awesome man. Thanks again.
0: Hey podcast listeners, I want you to know that I really appreciate your attention and I don't take it lightly. That's why each month we pick a lucky winner and we give away books, mentorship, software, courses, iPads, and other cool stuff. The way to enter is go to clientacquisitionpodcast.com and sign up. You'll get all the details there. Talk to you guys soon. Take care.